To the protectors. This is not only a protectors episode. This is a crossover with Jess James with the resilient and rowdy. Jess, welcome to the show and welcome to hosting hosting. Thank you, Jason. I appreciate it. I, I'm really nervous, but I'm excited to get into it. So never be nervous. Today we have a very, very special guest, Shelly Klingerman of the Stiletto Agency. But you know, Shelly's been on before. It's been a while, but a lot has happened in her life a lot of tragedy and a lot of change and she's her topics today are very relevant to what is going on in our world. So Shelly, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. And first off, Shelly, I do want to say, I'm so sorry for your loss yeah. and I'm so sorry for what happened. Thank you. And before we get into your background and everything, why don't we, why don't we just talk about that right away? Your brother lost his life in a line of duty. Uh, when he was assigned to the FBI. So let's talk about your brother. Yeah, I, I, would, I would love to. Um, he was a 30-year um, veteran with law enforcement and um, a task force officer with the FBI. But like many, we have learned so much about him since this has happened. Um, he's written a book. He was undercover um, in drug task force. He was part of getting um, a safe streets task force going here in my community. Um, and the work he did in that capacity, again, he never talked about it. What, what we all knew about him is that he was pretty quiet. He was incredibly humble. But the work and the impact that he did and, and was doing and had done was way beyond what any of us knew. And I think that's, you know, kind of normal when you have somebody who's humble. He was just head down, did the work, um, didn't care about getting the credit. He was just really, really dogged about his investigations. And the other things I think we're finding out, out about him um, are just things that you wish you would have had the opportunity to have conversations about, you know, when he was here. But it makes you so proud to know how many people he touched and um, his ability to de-escalate situations, his ability to go from talking to someone who was using meth to being able to have a conversation with someone, you know, in administration and, and always being the him. But he, you know, what we're finding out was a, a bit of a chameleon effect where he was whoever he was talking to, he was who that person needed him to be. And that's a, a, a bit of a unique trait, you know, to, to mirror the person that you're talking to or working with or having a conversation with. Yeah, absolutely. And Shelly, I just, I really want to applaud you right now for being able to speak about your brother in, in such a beautiful way. Um, I really admire your strength, but again, I am so sorry that, that he's not with us, but um, it's, it's, I, I just appreciate the way that you're speaking about him because I think that's that's a part of the grieving process. So I just I'm glad that you're at that point. It it, it does take a minute, but it's it is beautiful to think about his impact. Like how again, just he's so humble, but like the wavelengths of impact that he's affected with everyone that he's in come in contact with is is like you said, a beautiful, very unique trait. So yeah. Thank you. And I do want to say, so Greg was killed in line of duty by a deranged suspect while he was working for the FBI. 
And, you know, with 30 years, you could imagine the experience he had. And to lose his life so senselessly, it just it boggles my mind about the attack on police now. Yeah. And, and, I, it, you, I mean, and, and to be completely transparent, it was an ambush. It wasn't a fair fight. I, I have all the confidence in the world. Had it been a fair fight, it would have been a potential different outcome. Oh, absolutely. And that's the thing, 30 years. And, and that's what's happening to a lot of our police now. Outside of the FBI office, outside of their offices, everywhere, you just don't know what's going to happen. A few years ago, you had the, the police that were sitting, just having coffee in the morning, and someone comes and just ambushes on them. And with his background, he was narcotics, counterterrorism, training. It just it sounds like an incredible person, someone I would love to have on the show, someone I'd love to have a conversation with, someone I would love to learn from. And I, I just can't imagine the impact his death has had on you. And that's what brings you into the, the nonprofit spectrum, because they always say when someone's name is not spoken anymore, their their legacy is gone and his name will be spoken forever. So let's talk about the nonprofit and that next step you took to heal. Yeah, so um, we started a nonprofit. It was to memorialize and, and honor his legacy, but it's also to carry on the work that he was doing. Um, he, again, touched so many people um, and his colleagues and his brothers. And this law enforcement community is very much a brotherhood. And I am learning that firsthand. Um, I saw how they came out and supported us as the family completely understanding they were going through the same thing and, and maybe even in a different way because, you know, the vilification and, and, the, and the targeting and the baiting that, that they're having to deal with on top of, um, you know, supporting us, they go put the uniform on again and, you know, they have to know it could be them. So I absolutely am committed and our family and friends to making sure they know we have their back and it is time to stand up and hold this line with them and for them and use and raise a voice that sometimes they can't raise themselves. It just doesn't have the same impact. This can't keep happening because these are not headlines. There's enough destruction and devastation going on in this world. This is senseless and this is just pure evil and it should be preventable and, and more avoidable than it is in today. As we talk today, the number of law enforcement that have been baited and, and responding to calls for help and then getting their life taken is truly unacceptable to me as someone who's lost one. It should be unacceptable to everyone because right now it's them. Where does this go from here when we completely lose our public safety, that that confidence that you can walk from, um, you know, your car to a shopping center without fear of being attacked by someone who, you know, perhaps has no motive. I mean, this is a really complex issue. It's something we're trying to figure out. We can't solve it. It's like trying to boil the ocean, but we certainly can pick something and and pull that thread and and do something. And I would encourage. Everyone listening, you know, the name is never broken. What will be never broken under your watch? We all have to pick something and pursue it. And we have to stand up and, and hold this line and, and honestly save this country. You know, you bring up the thin blue line. And I always like to, to tell the an analogy of that. The thin blue line isn't a line of secrecy. It isn't a line of like this us against them. 
It is literally a line, a thin blue line of law enforcement that stands between good and evil. And that line grows ever thinner. And if it breaks, then evil will enter everybody's life. Where I live now, I live in a decent neighborhood outside of D.C. in Virginia. The other day, we have um, right down the road uh, reports of gunfire. Up the road, someone being uh, threatened with machete, gangs about 15 miles away. And it just keeps closing in. And it's going to close into everywhere in the world, not in the world, but in our country. Because as that line grows thinner, not many law enforcement are going to be able there to protect you from evil. So having an having a nonprofit like this is great. It shows that you're supporting law enforcement and that's what they need right now. Mm-hmm. So how do we get involved with this and how do people get involved with it? You know, I think in general, what I'm learning is a lot of this is policy and law driven. So educate yourself, find out who in your community, in your state is supporting these soft on crime uh, legislation um, support candidates who pledge to take a, a harder um, line on this. Uh, we are meeting with legislators now. It's a process and you have to learn the process and you need to make sure you're going about it in an effective way. Otherwise, you can just run into walls. Um, we're talking about it. We are going to bring in resources to our law enforcement to show that we do have their back. It is by far, you know, we all know the majority of this country supports law enforcement. I think, and I will be, you know, one to just admit to this, for a while, I didn't necessarily show it for fear of getting attacked personally. I'm really over that, and I will show it um, because they need to see it. You know, when we all stop wearing our thin blue line and we don't want to publicly wear things that might identify us as supporters, um, that we go invisible to them too. And so in having conversations with law enforcement, you know, we have specifically been asking, how how do we help? And they have noticed that people have stopped wearing things that identify them as supporters. Um, they like to know that people are fighting for them legislatively. And they also like the help of fighting a false narrative. You know, I am told, especially when, you know, when ours happened, it happened in July, it is just amped up from there. But if I listen to the media, you would tell me that nobody supports the police and everybody thinks they're terrible people and, you know, they're, they were vilified. I'm telling you with my own eyeballs, I saw every class of people. I saw no disrespect lining the streets every time we moved Greg's body. There was nothing but respect shown. So I call bullshit on when you tell me what I'm supposed to believe. I know for a fact that is not. And people are asking for ways to help, just like you did, Jason. And I would say, I don't have all the answers. I mean, I would be lying if I said I did, but I'll share with you what I'm learning. Educate yourself, find out who these legislators are that are not tough on crime, that are lowering these bails, that you know, I know it comes from a good place. It's just not working. And in it, 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 we are on the brink of something that we might not be able to repair if we don't stand up now. Um, show respect to your law enforcement. Teach your kids that they are, you know, our friendlies and not our enemies. Tell them, you know, they were like, you know, we appreciate when people buy our coffee, but you know, they know that that's their job to do. They just like to know that somebody still appreciates the 
the fact that, you know, they do show up when we call and they don't know what they're walking into. And, you know, they are coming to help and then they are getting ambushed. And who is going to want to do that job? I, I mean, if if you ask many people, would you encourage your child to go into law enforcement now? They say no, but who's going to do the job if we if we don't turn this around and let those that are still putting on the uniform and those that have considered doing it, that we do have your back and we will support you. Absolutely. It kind of sounds like you're definitely using this call to action for accountability. So it's like, let's honor the ones that that still stick to that moral code and, you know, and personal ethics and implement that into the uniform and that brotherhood. And then acknowledge that, yeah, there are the ones that come up short. So let's hold them accountable. Let's get them off the task force. You know, either, you know, you step your game up or you're out, you know, like you said, we're, we're really seeing a problem of these, um, you know, good intentions, but again, we're seeing such bad response in society. It's getting very violent out there. And like you said, you know, you want to point fingers, you want to critique, but at the end of the day, when you're hurt, when something's happening, who are you going to call? Ghostbusters? Yeah, right. No, you're going to call the cops. You're going to call for help. You're going to call for backup. So honor those that are still showing up and, you know, being 100% following the code of ethics and honoring that blue line. And, and But overall, I do hear that you just want accountability for the good, for the bad, for everything. It's just we, we can't just cover it up or sweep it under the rug anymore. Um, and there's not going to be any improvement if we don't talk about it and hold them accountable to begin with. So. Um, I, I really, I really see that. And I have noticed that personally, um, I am a, you know, a supporter of law enforcement, but the, the thin blue line started and it was like, oh, that's really nice because everyone wants to talk about how cool firefighters are, but no one really wants to talk about the police. Cause it's always like, you know, the songs, like, I'm not going to say it, but you know, so I'm like, but again, who are you going to call? Yeah. And then so, you know, that leads to another issue that, again, I'm understanding. I am in the exploratory discovery of all of this. But who do they call? You know, they they work with the underbelly of society most days, every day, call after call after call. They're not necessarily interacting with, you know, you and I. They're they're interacting with drug dealers or interacting with, you know, domestic violence. They're, you know, seeing kids and terrible and, and responding to car accident. Who do they call? And that's another thing that this Project Never Broken is really looking to support them with whatever resources. And, and we're asking them, you know, we all know how mandating things goes. Um, it's it's not doesn't invite, you know, collaboration, but we are literally asking them, what do you need? And, and we will do what we can to bring that to you so that you also are never broken. They get bent every day. Um, how do we make sure they don't break? Hey, this episode brought to you by Faraday Defense. Head over to shopfaradaydefense.com. Why? Because they have everything to protect you from electronic signal hacking. Anything going to and from your electronic products, from cell phones, credit cards, anything out there, they have these little bags, little Faraday bags that will stop that signature. They have everything, like I said, from credit card holders to laptop cases, to cell phone holders, all we have to tents. And one thing that was really cool I saw today was if you have a generator, they actually have a bag that can go over your generator. So in case there is some sort of electronic pulse or anything that could take out a generator, it could totally protect it from that. So please go to shopfaradaydefense.com.
This episode also brought to you by Health to the Rescue. Every day, I pop two of these, two vitamin Ds. Why? Because there's not a lot of sun. It's winter. I need to boost my natural immunity. And one thing I do is I pop some vitamin D that is made in the USA. One thing great about Health to the Rescue as well is every bottle they sell, they give $5 to an organization that is fighting human trafficking. Well, you know, the other thing, too, about your nonprofit is you do come from a long line of protectors. Your dad was a Vietnam veteran. And the name, I really dig this name. And I, I really like the backstory of this name. It's really cool. Because I, I love, like, you know, you throw some Latin sayings out there. You throw some Vietnam lore in there. Let's talk about the name. Yeah. Yeah. So, and also to credit my dad, my dad was a 30 year firefighter. So, um, you know, I do come and my mom was a teacher. So I do come from a long line of public service um, family, but um, yeah. So when we were, were thinking of the name, um, I really didn't, I, I had his badge number was 129. So I was going with like project 129, the 129 initiative. And um Two of his friends that he had a really close bond with um, really came. They had an agreement years ago that if something like this happened, that the other two would come and take care of the family. They absolutely held their word. And when we were sitting around trying to come up with the name for this, um, one of his friends told me a story. Um, and it uh, it really just kind of stems from, you know, he walked up and my dad, this is shortly after um, you know, this happened and my dad was sitting on the porch, um, you know, just kind of head down and um, the, the friend called my dad off the porch and he said, you know, my dad's name is Mike. Mike, would it make you feel better to know that Greg died a warrior? Greg shot back and he fought to the last second. And my dad didn't really have much to be, you know, happy about at all at that time. And, um, he lifted his head and he said, non quum fractum. I had no idea what any of this was because my dad never talked about Vietnam, but, um, he lifted his head and said that, and that translates to never broken. And so when I'm approaching this, Vietnam didn't break my dad. Greg fought to the last, um, moment. He died a hero. He died a warrior. And so I can't let this break me. And so that's really where it came from. It was the pin that his unit wore on their Vietnam uniform that said non quum fractum. Man, beautiful. I tell you, I, uh, I, I hate to transition from the story because we could probably talk all day long about how great your brother is, but man, it sounds like your whole family has been in this world, whether protectors behind the scenes and teachers to me are protectors. They're the first line. This is the first thing that really molds children as they're growing up. You know, obviously besides parents and stuff like that. But Shelly, you have a unique background. And that's one of the reasons I really wanted to have Jess on because Jess is very, very pro women empowerment, pro, hey, you know what? We got to really protect ourselves because nobody else is going to do it. Yeah. But your background, you've had some issues in the back, in the background, but you're, you have an excellent, you have a great book out there. Let's talk about you. Let's talk about Shelly because this, this tragedy is your new empowerment. This is your new, this is part of your new mission, but you've been on a mission for years and let's talk about you, Shelly. Oh, well, thank you. Um, so yeah, the book came from um, when I 
graduated college, I started in a sales role for a Fortune 500 company and was put out into the field in a sales role really, really green. And in doing that, this is before technology. And I, you know, covered a pretty big territory and, you know, was 23 years old. So I wasn't even old enough to rent a car. They would have to sign waivers for me. Um, And I would find myself in some pretty cringy situations just because I didn't know how to set a boundary, how to hold a boundary. Um, I was from the Midwest, so I was wired to be nice. I was conditioned to, you know, everybody is your friend. Um, But there were certainly some times where I should have avoided altogether this interaction. But there were also times when as a young professional female, I felt like I had to stay at the table, you know, in a business uh, dealing because I needed to make my quota. I needed to, um, you know, make a living. But I was put in a situation sometimes of, of having to deal with some inappropriate conversation. You know, like I'm there to talk about business and, and you know, the person across the table was curious what I was doing that night after my sales calls. And I was in that situation where I was like, okay, do I offend this person and lose the business? And then I don't make my quota or do I, you know, sacrifice myself, you know, you know, worth, esteem, whatever it is to engage in this, to get the business. So it was just, I, I had those situations, you know, I would be, in unfamiliar cities with a map, you know, wide open, just projecting, I have no idea where I'm at. And then I'm sure at the time you could tell that I was fairly young. So there were just a lot of things that I wish I would have known. Now I'm sending my daughter overseas to study abroad. And years ago, I'm like, I want my kids to be better prepared than I was. That's really what inspired me to write my book. I would ask, um, you know, law enforcement, military, I I always thought their tradecraft was interesting. So I would just ask them like, what would you do in this situation? What would you do in this situation? And then they would turn it around because I was still traveling by myself at the time and be like, well, as a, as a female who travels by themselves, where's the position of power in an elevator? You know, where should you sit in a taxi cab? Um, How should you disengage or deescalate this? And I didn't know because no one told me. When they tell you, it's kind of common sense, but you would never necessarily have thought of it or have the confidence. And that's what I think women, and Jess, I would be curious if you agreed, sometimes we have to unlearn some of the things that we've been told because we've been trained to be nice. Sometimes it's okay to be rude and be that, you know, kind of B word that we try to avoid, but sometimes that's just really what needs to be done. I 100% agree with you, Shelly. And I mean, I couldn't have said it better myself, but I think particularly society or our upbringing, our teachings have taught us to to hide away, to not speak up, to be these submissive, silent creatures. And it's not working. We're clearly seeing that it's not because as much as we can try to be nice people, good people, that's not going to protect you from bad people and, you know, manipulative people. So uh, once we are honest with ourselves and honest with our daughters, with society, I think that's where we can finally implement change and break these cycles instead of telling them, oh, cover up or no, don't, don't speak up because you're going to get hit or you're going to be abused if you do. Like I should be able to 
tell a man, no, I am not interested. These are business matters. Please don't bring up personal things during this phone call without reciprocation of being hit, abused, uh, slandered, or, or any of that. I think I did my part as a woman, as a human, the latter should do the, the same as well. Be like, understood, carry on. You know, I think it's when these hurt feelings get involved of lack of accountability. These, these folks, male or female, have not been called out for their behaviors before. And so they're, they're calling us wrong for calling them out. Right. But we, we don't get change if we're, there's no accountability or growth. So um, I absolutely agree. You know, I was raised in a very machismo, submissive type Latino household. And so I'm taught to be this way. But I was born to not do that. I was born to do the opposite. And I'm finally letting go of all of those guilt and shameful feelings that come with it. It's like, no, I'm allowed to take up space. I'm allowed to speak my truth without being hurt. Right. And honestly, it doesn't mean anything about me. It should, it should kind of speak volumes about the man or lack thereof that's treating you that way. So we know what a protector is. We know what a man is. And we've seen those roles. And, and even with women in, in, you know, teaching positions or in like nursing positions, we've, we've also seen how women can be that positive caretaker. So why are we just focusing on one and not the other? Mm-hmm. So when you brought that up, I was like, absolutely. But like, why are you the B word for calling yeah. out the man? So it just, again, but you're being honest with yourself. You're being honest with your daughter so that she doesn't experience that. And if we keep this knowledge to ourselves, then, well, we're going to keep seeing these mistakes being made. But true change isn't going to happen if if another party isn't willing to take accountability. So women can do all they want. But I think instead of being so divisive, like man versus woman, it should be two humans coming together to protect the greater good. Because at this point, you know, women can be assaulted and it doesn't really shake people up like it used to. Um, and even children because, oh, it's, it's just still little girls, but no, it, it's even little boys being harmed and abused by who other humans. So let's not make it a, a sex, a gender thing. It's just a humanity thing or a lack of. So when you're holding these people accountable in their professions, when you're standing up for yourself, you're already breaking these cycles. And I feel like it's a beautiful way of honoring your brother and honoring yourself because you're like, no more. I believe in this country and I want to see the greater good. But what does that call for? That calls for accountability. That calls for action. I'm not just going to stand back and be silent. So I really appreciate that you're using your voice and and that you're using those experiences to fuel your fire instead of like, you know, making you scared to live your life and carry on. So I really applaud you, Shelly, and I really see some great things happening. But I think once we reach an audience and really get get their attention, I think we can also come together as a society um, and really see some of these changes that you and I and, and Jason want to see as well. So it's really exciting, but it's like, it's a scary time too. So just know that your tribe will come and you'll get that support that you need. And we're going to, we're going to start, you know, I don't know, kicking ass and taking names, I guess. <laughs> I just to to pull on a thread that you mentioned, which I have also found, I think it's perspective. Like when I talk in a mixed group, um, I think some men just don't understand the vulnerabilities that women have. They don't necessarily think twice about walking down the street where if you are having if you're giving an example of a female walking down the street with 
fear of who might be what you hear somebody, but we don't want to turn around again because we don't want to offend somebody. We don't want to falsely accuse. We don't want to embarrass them or humiliate them. We'll let ourselves stay in that uncomfortable position. I, you know, a guy would just turn around and be like, dude, like back off. Um, I, I will tell and I will share that in a mixed group, when you talk about this, sometimes, again, you don't you're not aware or you don't know what you don't know. So when you're like, yeah, when I'm walking down the street and I can hear somebody walking up on me and I don't want to turn around for all the reasons I just mentioned, um, men will be like, oh, my God, I never even thought about that. And then men will you know, there are some that that do address it. Some will say, yeah, I intentionally talk loud on my phone so that I am not even, you know, perceiving that I'm walking, trying to sneak up on you. Some will say, hey, just, you know, one of the, you know, I'm coming up behind you, didn't want to startle you. Some say they cross the road. So I think sometimes it's perspective. And then bridging that over to the nonprofit, what I would really like to do, I'm, I've gone through the FBI Citizens Academy, which was really eye-opening for me. And if you have those in your community, really, I encourage you to look into it. And it's an application process. But the one thing was so impactful for me is doing that simulation of what it is like to respond to a call with limited information and having to make these split second decisions because you can't react faster than someone acts. So, you know, giving the perspective for some of these individuals who have never understood what it's like to walk up on a, a car at two in the morning that you don't know if it needs help or if it's got, you know, suspicious activity going on or, you know, one of the calls like responding to shots fired and there's people running out at you and you don't know who is good and bad. I mean, it was like, so perspective, I think is something else that we really need to consider before passing judgment look at a situation from someone else's perspective to better understand. And and I think you both have said it, you know, it's about unity, like that line, that thin blue line that is supposed to, you know, that's connecting community and, and law enforcement. It's getting thinner, like we've been talking, but understand each, each other's. And I think law enforcement is, you know, trying to understand what the mental health, you know, I know in our community, they're, they're offering, mental health training to understand what these people who you're responding to are, are feeling. And I've, I actually went through that training too. And having somebody in your ear, which is your own head and their situation, just constantly screaming and you're trying to listen and have a conversation with the law enforcement who is trying to help you. It's just the perspective again was really, really powerful. So, you know, if there's action items I could, you know, give to listeners, it is, you know, find out your legislation. Don't buy into false narrative. Be, be part of the positive narrative. Try to see things from someone else's perspective other than your own before you pass judgment or act um, and, and stand up. You know, we, we just all have to stand up at this point and hold for whatever it is that you, you know, fight for. Absolutely. And that's the thing is it doesn't have to be at the national level. Get in touch with people in your corner. And and you know what? If you don't want to be outspoken, vocal, and put a thin blue line, sticker in your car, anything, you don't have to do stuff like that. You see a cop getting a cup of coffee, say, hey, you know what? Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for being you. Say, hey, you know what? I got your back. I'm watching for you. Buy him a cup of coffee. Buy her a cup of coffee. Yeah. There are men and women, all any gender, race, fluidity, anything out there right now standing on that blue line. And 
Shelly, I really appreciate you coming in and telling your story today and telling more. You know, I have to have you back on again later on, especially, and we'll bring Jess back on because we have so much more to talk about. <laughs> but you do have a couple. You have your book is called The Vigilance, The Savvy Women's Woman's Guide to Personal Safety, Self-Protection, Measures, and Countermeasures. The president of the Stiletto Agency. And now definitely everybody check out Project Never Broken. I'll make sure I have links for them everywhere, and I'm sure Jess will as well. And uh, I just wanted to say, you know, there was this quote, and, and this brings me back to the men and women thing, because I'm raising an 11-year-old daughter right now. And I, Oh, my gosh. I'd probably kill the world if anything ever happened to her. But this is it. Men are afraid women will reject them. Women are afraid men will kill them. So, like, when you're out at the bar and everything, guys, and you go up to a girl and she rejects you, just remember, she's probably like, who the hell is this guy? Is he going to kill me? I don't know. It's a lot different. You know, I'm a, a fairly massive man <laughs> in my own way I'm, it's a lot different than me and jess being out at the bar but shelly i really appreciate everything you have and jess you have anything else for shelly no i'm good yeah thank you shelly it was awesome to meet you and i can't wait to read your book i think that's exactly what women need is that empowerment to know that we're strong and capable and we're a force to be reckoned with as well um you know i live in midtown so i i'm kind of near a lot of that stuff and i do turn around and i'm like I'm the threat. <laughs> like, bro, like I'm not leaving this being a victim. So I need to check out that book and I will absolutely support you. Like I, I, I really appreciate you and what you're doing. And I just, I love seeing another strong woman just stepping into her power and, and serving the community with that. So just a lot of, a lot of admiration for you right now. Yes. And thank you both so much for allowing me to share my story. And everybody, make sure you check out the Protectors Podcast and the Resilient and Rowdy Podcast with Jess James. <laughs>